0: Welcome to this edition of the Law by Dan podcast. In family law matters, when necessary, the court can recommend the appointment of an independent children's lawyer to represent the child's voice in family law proceedings. It goes without saying that by its nature, it can be an incredibly challenging task, but it's also exacerbated by very poor legal aid funding to practitioners and the increasingly complex nature of the role. In this context, the recent recipient of the Queensland Law Society Medal, Stephen Page, in this edition of the podcast speaks about his recent retirement from the role of independent children's lawyer after 15 years.
1: G'day, Stephen Page from Page Probe and Family and Fertility Lawyers. And it's funny that on the day that I'm recording this, I happened to go to an event and with a speaker and a breakfast, all that, all that kind of stuff. But afterwards, I spoke with a couple of colleagues who were family lawyers. And somehow, the topic came to that of uh, independent children's lawyers. One of my colleagues noted that the pay rates for independent children's lawyers hasn't changed. And that's very true. Um, The pay rate is somewhere at 1988 levels with some modest improvement for inflation. The difference between what an independent children's lawyer is paid and what is paid in private practice is just astounding. One rate has um, gone up gradually and one rate has remained stagnant. And not only stagnant, but things that were previously paid for um, by Legal Aid Uh, the number of hours you might do, no matter how many it was, you'll get paid, Uh, they said, no, no, we'll only pay you a certain number of hours. So if you do, for example, 12 hours work, um, but there's only five hours allocated, that's it. You get paid five hours at that lower rate. Uh, But that's not all. Uh, When we have clients and Uh, ask clients for money to do certain things, for example, to issue a subpoena, Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Go and issue a subpoena. Okay, and then we've got to draft up the subpoena, uh, send it to the court, get it back, and then serve it. And when we serve it or give it um, to the respondent, Uh, then in that process, uh, we've got to give them a, a conduct money. And that's basically it and then afterwards we get to look at um, the material. Well, um, what was raised with me this morning was the real cost for lawyers and being independent children's lawyers wasn't only the great chasm between what we can earn as um, in private practice compared to uh, what we earn as independent children's lawyers but it's the administrative burden of, for example, getting a, a subpoena issued. And I thought it was a fair point. When I heard it, I thought, oh, of course. It seems to be unnecessarily difficult, um, filled with red tape. Uh, certain protocols have to be followed to the letter. If they're not, can't be done. And, and depending on the workload uh, of those in legal aid, to get approval, to get a subpoena issued might happen the same day or it might, take a week or more. The thing that then um, occurred in our conversation was, well, but didn't we like doing it? Yes, I loved doing it, but it seemed to do it properly um, would take over my life. One of my colleagues within a firm had 60 files. Uh, The other um, had a very good number of files. I think the highest I ever went up to was about 12. I found that I just could not um, do it um, properly. And yet we're seeing lawyers continue to come on as independent children's lawyers. I don't know how they can do the job properly. I really struggled to do the job properly when the amount of time that was involved with these matters um, was just so intense. And in turn, um, the pay was so poor. And so what's happened? Those who are experienced in in this area have just walked away from it. And those who don't have the experience are the ones coming into it. Sure, they've done training. And I don't want to criticise anyone who's become an independent children's lawyer. What you're doing is amazing. But certainly I've had consistent feedback about variable quality of independent children's lawyers. It's certainly a struggle. The other thing I learnt was it's pretty special representing kids and when we have family law cases when you're a lawyer you act for a party and you read paper either prepared by that client and you have prepared or some previous lawyer has prepared and paper by the other side, saying, uh, this this way is up. And these are the adults um, setting out um, their story. And of course, uh, except for meeting your client, you don't know these people at all in their private lives. You can just um, uh, get a sense of uh, their relationship. And obviously much of the materialist when it comes to children's cases focuses on the bad stuff um, not the good stuff because parties are in a mindset of going to court proving their case so it's, it's, it's like these are the things that have gone wrong but it's funny as an independent children's lawyer you look at it in a different way and, there are, and, and of course you've got a different perspective because you're not one of the parents And so how do we look at it differently? Well, there's a difference in practice between Queensland and New South Wales. Queensland traditionally, uh, we didn't meet um, the children. Um, I'm glad that's changed. Um, I've been reluctant to meet children um, early in the piece. Um, Sometimes I'll meet them in the company of a family report writer. Sometimes I'll have them come to my office. But I was always very concerned about uh, not having systems abuse. And if I had any doubt about it, I, I remember about twenty odd years ago, I was in the family court in Sydney. I, I was uh, representing a mum in a case um, and, and uh, against um, the dad. And I was waiting my turn. And in the corridor was this animated conversation. There was a lawyer standing in the centre. Um, a bloke, and uh, there was a a lawyer um, for mum, Uh, the lawyer for mum was also a bloke, and then there was mum, and uh, so the three of them were having this conversation, or I should say the two lawyers were having this conversation, and the independent children's lawyer said, well, um, I've spoken to little Johnny, and Johnny was eight, um, as I overheard. Uh, And I asked him uh, whether he preferred living with mum or dad because, uh, as I overheard, that little Johnny had been living with mum and then dad had held little Johnny over um, during the holidays. And the child said, I don't know. And then the independent children's lawyer said, well... um, are you happy living with Dad, little Johnny? To which little Johnny said, "Yes." Uh, at which point, the lawyer, the independent children's lawyer, said to Mum's lawyer and Mum, "Well, as a result, I've made the decision that little I'm going to be recommending that little Johnny remain living with Dad." I just shook my head because I thought, "Here, he shouldn't be doing, shouldn't have been doing that. Shouldn't have been interviewing the child. Doesn't have expertise in it, presumably." Not preparing an independent report for the court as a family report writer would do. So I've tried to avoid that. Um, but nevertheless, I found that meeting kids, you get a different sense of the world, and it's really valuable. And I've been very careful about it because some kids are so traumatized by it, the whole process that me imposing on them um, that I exist let alone that I have a view um, or want to hear from them, um, can be really hard on them, or they may be so young they don't know it. But it's funny how one uh, occasion really stood out to me. Mum had said in her sworn statement, her affidavit, about how Dad had been violent over and over and over again, And on one occasion, her son, then age six, when Dad dragged Mum down the stairs by her hair, bang, 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 bang on her back, uh, phoned triple O. And the police came out, and then Mum and the son I come here with, it was a daughter as well, um, were safe. The, The police ensured that they were safe. And it's funny, having read that affidavit, even knowing that the child was six at the time, I somehow in my mind attributed uh, that to someone who was older. And then when I met the now eight-year-old boy um, up at court, I only met him briefly, but what immediately struck me was how small he was. He was tiny. And I thought, here you, were, here you were, your parents are arguing and on the sh- on your little shoulders when you were two years younger you did this. It must have been an extraordinarily brave act um, on your part. And it just gave me a real sense of perspective of what that family was like, what that child was like. So there are challenges in being an independent children's lawyer. Things are getting worse Um, for independent children's lawyers um, and therefore for those families because the resources um, that should be devoted to such a valuable role simply aren't and I blame the Commonwealth Government for that Um, and both sides have not funded enough there are no votes apparently in properly funding independent children's lawyers apparently we all have lawyers picnics whatever they are Um, but For children, it's important to focus that if you're separating from your partner, always, always focus um, on the children. And in the conversation this morning, I was reminded of my last case. And it was one where a significant feature for me was something that I saw, it's just a snapshot about kids, but I thought invaluable. Now obviously if kids aren't going to school that doesn't give you an answer but have a look at the school reports. Enlightening. Is the child going to school? Now it might sound an obvious thing kids go to school but too often, far too often have I seen school reports where the child has not gone to school regularly and there's a litany of excuses about why. And secondly How are these children, this son and daughter of this couple, separated couple, how are they going at school? Great. They were just thriving. And what did they say to me? Well, what the father had said about the mother's quality of care might be right. She might have been a really bad mum. But that's not what the independent evidence was telling me from the school reports. The school reports were telling me these kids were doing fine in her care. So have a look at the school reports. See what they tell you. They
0: really shine a spotlight. Thank you. That was Stephen Page from Page Proven Family... That was Stephen Page from Page Proven Family and Fertility Lawyers. It's a very big issue and one that hasn't been lost to the Law Council of Australia, who in their consideration of the Family Law Amendment Bill 2023, underscored the need for sufficient resources for publicly funded legal services to accommodate the potential impact of those reforms, and in particular, on the work of independent children's lawyers.